You're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Rizowski. Today's guest is Claudia Wallace. Claudia is an alum of Chicago's Second City, has been in Shameless, Hung, Fred Claus, Witless Protection, and I Want Someone to Eat Cheese With. But her biggest role is that of, well, Claudia Wallace. She's living between Chicago and Los Angeles and making it work. We discuss what it means to be a mentor, accepting that you actually have something to say, finding your voice, and using that voice to say what it is that you have to say. We also discuss the artistic importance of having wonderful people in your corner. Well, she's in our corner. Enjoy my discussion with Claudia Wallace. I'll talk to you on the other side. Yeah. Really? Hi, really. And yesterday, when, uh, like, that cat hardly ever comes over and says hello to me. <laughs> and then when Irene White came by yesterday, uh-huh. uh, Billy comes trouncing out like, hey, a buddy, and then sat and chatted, you know, with, with, with Irene, and mm-hmm. it was like, I'm, are you fucking kidding me? I'm here all the time, and you don't do that to me. Maybe he likes ladies better. Uh, Irene has two cats. So, so she smells of cats. She smells. Do you, do you, you have a cat here? One no, cat I don't have cats. You don't have cat here at all? No, I don't have cats here. You any. made a big transition. I did. You moved here from Chicago. Yeah, I'm still moving here. <laughs> you, of all the people that I know, you have you you you've, you've been here and back a lot of times. Yes. How yes. many times? Oh wow! I I think four. Uh, I used to after I left the main stage um, at Second City. At Second City, I would come out for three months every year. Uh huh. Two or three months every year. Right. Of, uh, and but then. Um, then I took a break. I did the Second City ships, the Norwegian cruise line. Right. How many did them. you do? Just one. one Which one? I did the Pearl. The Pearl. Mm-hmm. Right. And was lucky enough to do, we traveled the Eastern Caribbean, the Western Caribbean right. for two months. And then the third month we uh, came up through the Panama Canal. Right. And then got to go to uh, Alaska. Ca- Alaska, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So it was yeah. Great. My friend Jen Winters did that, mm-hmm. did the Pearl. And... Did you enjoy that? I loved it. Wait, how many tours did you do? I only did one. You just did one tour. I did one tour, <laughs> one tour, and I only did three months. I think people start to lose their minds about three months in. She did five months. Well, and I was on a, uh, our, our ship was cushy because we only had a few shows a week. Right, that was the same thing with Jen. Oh, good. She had a few shows a week. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, what, what I realized is if you're on a, if you're on a boat, a cruise ship, mm-hmm. You're really on an island. Yes, you're and on a floating island. You're on a floating island, and, and you may go to an island, uh-huh. but really you're taking your island to an island. Yes. And, then people, will, and yes. then people get on your island, and, and then they leave your island. Yes. And um, you stay on the fucking island. We also described it as a floating high school. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it, and then I also felt really stifled by it. Uh, oh, watching, no, no, watching oh. her show because yeah. I knew the material that Second City did, mm-hmm. and I knew that they oh, yeah. were doing. I mean, it was essentially a dog and pony show. Yes, and you're, you, and it's, it's just, it's just working. Thank God, there's that work. Yes. I think it's great. Yes, but you're really, you're really dumbing it down for the masses. Yeah, I, you know, uh, when I decided to, when I had the opportunity and decided to do a ship. They had, uh, Second City was no longer on the Hawaii cruise. Uh, Norwegian did, does Hawaiian mm-hmm. islands. They took Second City off of that. 
and they don't do the European tours anymore because they felt like the audiences didn't get get us. Really? Yeah. People going to Hawaii are dumb? Well, no, I think, actually, I think that was the cruise director's decision. Got it. I don't know why he didn't want Second City, but uh -huh. he didn't want Second City. But the people going to Europe. The Europe thing, it, our, our uh, comedic sensibilities didn't uh, translate well. Got it. So. Got it. Mm -hmm. But I was like, dang, that would have been a nice But the thing tour. is, again, you're looking at the tour, and, you're not, and, and the interesting thing is you're looking at where it is that you're going, but a lot of that is you have work to do while you're there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. But I get it. I get it. I get it. I can't. I don't know, Claudia. I can't, I can't dumb it down anymore. Yeah. I, I don't have it in me to go, yeah, all right. Because if you tell me to do, uh, like, we're going to do this this laugh riot show for these carpet people, uh -huh. I'm going to think, yeah, there might be some money in that. But Well, I'm still at the I need to pay my bills, uh, and I'm trying to live in two cities and pay for to live in two cities, which is hard as I don't know what. So I will dumb it down. <laughs> I, I get it. I totally get it. But here's the thing. What mm -hmm. I said, what I meant, if I didn't say it, what I meant, it's like, I can't do it anymore. I know That's what, what I mean. I, I can't do mean. it anymore. I know what you and, mean. And there's the evolution of, there's the evolution of living out here. There, mm -hmm. there's, there's the artistic evolution. Mm -hmm. And it could go in a number, a myriad of ways. Yeah. And one of those ways is to go, one of those ways is to say, uh, I, I'm going to do whatever it is that it takes yes. to make money. Yeah. And then I'm, and then I'm going to do what it is that I have to do, or I'm gonna do whatever it takes for me to make money. At the same time, I'm doing what I want. I'm and that's what you have to do. You, you, that's how I feel I have to do it. I have to do what it takes to make money, uh, to pay my bills, but I also have to be artistic at, at the top of my game, at the top of my intelligence. So I, I, you know, I wrote a screenplay, um, and I, I'm gonna work on an original television pilot soon. So I'm, and I'm like always pushing to uh, do improv. So I, I created a group called Black History X's. Mm -hmm. Who's and, in that? Uh, well, the original group was Nate Sherman, Edgar Blackman, uh, Brianna Baker, and myself. And we wrote uh, 10 minute solo pieces uh, that we performed uh, during the month of February. So our solo pieces had to do with either love or black history. And, uh, and then we would, we improvised at the end of the show together as a group. So the new group is going to be performing at Second City Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it's similar to an Armando or an ASCAT, except um, we will have only, a few uh, actors will do two minute pieces based on a suggestion we've gotten the week before from an audience member. Got so it. we go home and we write it. Right. And it can be stand-up, character piece, whatever you want to do for that two minutes based on that audience member's suggestion. We go home and write it, and then we come back, and we uh, we also have special guests who will come and do Does it matter what, what race the special guests are? No, no, got it. no, not at all. Okay. Um, that's how we can get the white people in. Yeah, you, know you got to get them in somehow, because <laughs> they're not going to go see a group of black people. <laughs> Why would they do that? Yeah. But, yeah, so then... The first person will come out and improvise. Uh, I'm sorry. The first person will come out and do their two-minute piece, mm -hmm. and then we'll improvising improvise using you know that as inspiration, and then we it's just like Armando or ASCAT, right. where we do it about three times. 
I, the idea of surrounding yourself with people that inspire you mm-hmm. is just so exciting to me. And I don't know that, I think that when you first start out doing these things, because you're talking about these people that you're working with, when you first start out doing these things, you don't really, I, I didn't really appreciate how important it was to surround myself with people that, that inspire me. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I've got to do this and I'm going to do this. And then you realize, I like what that person's doing. Mm-hmm. And once you get past the point of feeling jealous about them or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck's going on, and then embrace it, mm-hmm. shit just flows. Right. I mean, and I'm also, old, I'm older. Right. And so the, most of the people I'm performing with are younger. And I feel like um, we kind of balance each other out. I get a brand new, fresh energy from them. And I... No, I don't know. I don't know what they get from me, other, <laughs> other than uh, Mama saying, "Do this, do that." I don't know, but you, I, you, I feel you, like we feed off of each other. Do you think? I, I, I forgot who I just asked this, uh, but I, do you feel like you're a mentor? I, I do, and and I I welcome that, and I uh, wish I had some mentors. But I mean, well, how many mentors does a person really need? I mean, really, but no, I, I seriously, I welcome that because. E- I had um, kind of a long road um, with some struggle at Second City, mm-hmm. like a lot of people have. Right. And my mentor was, you know, Frances Collier. Right. And, you know, and uh, she got me the job as the artistic director of Second City out here. Uh huh. Yeah. So, and when when new people, um, especially minorities, come through, and I'm, I always have an open door policy or here's my phone number. You, you're writing a show. Oh, you got you got on the stage now. You're writing a show. I know how it is. If you ever feel the need to, you know, talk about anything or just let some frustration out, feel free to call me. Right. So I, I, I welcome that because, you know, Francis was a great help to me. Right. And so if I can be help somebody go through the process a little bit easier with a little less questions. You know. What do you mean a little less questions? Well, you don't, you just don't know. Sometimes when you're going through the process of writing a show with Second City for the first time, mm-hmm. um, maybe you're intimidated by the director, maybe you're not. Maybe Who isn't intimidated yeah, right, by the director? Right, so maybe you're, you're like, I'm not sure what I want to do. I'm questioning myself. How does this process work? Um, you know, so you have all these questions. And basically, I'm there to say, everything you're going through is normal. Right. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. The idea of everything that you're going through is normal. And when I'm teaching, I'm watching my students and I'm saying, I've done that, I've yes. made that choice, I've made that choice, I've made that choice. And so when I say, I'm going to stop the scene here, mm-hmm. well, why are you going to stop the scene? It's like, I know what you're doing. Yes. I know where you're going. I know where you're coming from. I know, I know how what you're, you're thinking. Right. And I know how you feel. Yeah. Right. Right. Because I've been there. Exactly. Exactly. Now, here's another thing. Right. They have to go through what is it that they have to go through. That's true. But if you can just say, well, if you can just let them know it's okay and things, you know. Fuck up. Yeah. And, but it's going to get better. You're going to be a stronger performer uh, for it. Right. You know? Right. So, right. Yeah. 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 I kind of wish that there was somebody that was there for me. Uh, I had Donnie DiPolo who, when I got cast at Second City, he uh-huh. said, uh, Donnie said, um, I said, Donnie, I got hired. And he said, that's great. Um, do your job. Mm-hmm. Don't pay attention to anybody. Don't listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Connect with people and stay away from the politics. And I went, oh fuck. Yeah. That's the greatest advice I ever had. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always followed that. And yeah. I watched other people crash and burn. I watched fucking people crash and burn. Mm-hmm. And you probably have seen people crash and burn. Did you crash and burn? 
No, I don't think so. Yeah, but didn't you see people like lose their shit on the road and go, ah. Oh, like on the road? I mean, okay, what do you mean by crash and burn? Why haven't I gotten this? This is mine. Why does oh, that person... Oh, you see that. You hear that all the time. I know. That's what I'm saying. You... And I, I, but I was not, I wasn't that person. Yeah. Well, when you're touring, you, you hear that all the time, you know. And I, um, you know, it's my turn. Of course I've had It's my turn to be moved up in the company. And and I got to be honest, I've had those feelings. Yeah. Until it happened. You know, I had those feelings for, it took maybe eight years for me to get a stage and I had to let it go before it came back to me. That's exactly it. I let it go and I started, I, I stopped trying to be what I thought Second City wanted me to be and I started being what I wanted to be. I started creating started creating material for myself putting up shows that I wanted to put up right solo pieces and whatever and uh, once I let it go it came back it's it didn't come back it came to you it came to me yeah and uh, because I I look at a lot of people and I feel like just and I and I tell actors like stop working so fucking hard right now Mm -hmm. what you're doing right now you don't have to work that hard Mm -hmm. you're pushing it's like but I want people that's like fuck it People will come to you. When you whisper, people have to lean in, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And also, Second City knows. That's a great, when you whisper, people have to lean in. Right. I just thought about that. Because it's, I saw somebody, uh, my, my girlfriend, uh, Laura, comes to my drop-in class Wednesdays, four to seven. And uh, she whispered to someone, to Kevin Gazowski. I don't know if you know Kevin. Mm-hmm. She whispered to someone, and he leaned in. And it totally changed the scene. Mm-hmm. It totally changed the scene. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking people, bring your tone down. And really what I'm saying to them is, bring, trust yourself. Yes. And it will come to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you did. Yeah. Yeah, but I also had to let it go. But you, no, no mentor can tell you that. Right. You're going to realize that. And when somebody says to you, hey, listen, you're going to have to let it go. Mm-hmm. You're going to go, yeah, yeah, right, right. right. That right. worked for you. But fuck, you don't know what the fuck I'm going through right, right. now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everybody has a different, I also let them know that everybody has a different road. Right. And everybody travels that road differently. And the only way that you know that is by living your life and seeing that everybody has a different road. Yeah, exactly. Again, if I told you everybody has a different road, you're gonna go, yeah, that's easy for you to say because, you know. Because, you know, up and comers are like, well, how do I get a stage or how do I do this or how do I do that? And it's like, there's no straight. There's your journey. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's your journey is different from a lot of people's journey. It, it might be the same, it might be different, but who's to say? I don't know anybody who has the same journey. Yeah. Of all the people that we know, I think about, you know, we know so many people who are in the stratosphere. Yes. Or we also know people who are in the stratosphere that people don't know are in the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I think mm-hmm. about Francis Collier, I think about Frangela, I think like yeah. people know those people, but I don't think that people know how awesome those people are. Right. And I don't, also don't think that people know how awesome they are in terms of being mentors. Both of those women mm-hmm. are tremendous mentors and grounded people mm-hmm. and someone that you want in your fucking corner. Yeah. And someone that you'll listen to. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't... And also, there's a woman at Second City now, Deanna Griffin Irons, who's uh-huh. a great mentor. In Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. In Chicago, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
she's a great mentor to to a lot of people. And she has her own office there. Yeah, across she's from, uh, uh, across from Beth Beth's office. Yeah, Beth Beth is, is that's what I call her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I saw her when I interviewed Beth uh, in in Chicago. Yeah, uh, yeah. And she's just warm. Yeah. She's warm. warm and lovely and you know and and who doesn't who doesn't want to have somebody like that? Yeah. And also, who exactly. doesn't want to be somebody like that? Exactly. You strive, you know, you meet her and you strive to be as kind as she is. Absolutely. As mm -hmm. kind and listening and connected mm -hmm. and giving people the time. Yeah, exactly. And that's what a, me that's what a mentor is, really. Mm -hmm. Somebody calls me up on the phone. I had a woman call me up. You know, she sent me an email saying, I'm going through a lot of stuff right now. It's like, no, no, no. We're not going to have an email conversation about this. No, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk on the phone. And I don't even know you that well, mm -hmm. but you reached out to me for some reason, and it would be malpractice for me <laughs> not to follow through on that. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've told you this, but I'll, I'm gonna say it now. It's gonna be in, in the podcast that you know when I first got to Second City, um, you know. Frances Collier saw me and she said, you should come take classes. I was like, huh, okay. You know, I'm from the south side of Chicago. Second City wasn't on my radar. Um, <laughs> how, com I, how come? It just isn't. It just wasn't. It's just not. Were those two things connected, coming from the south side of Chicago and Second City not being on your radar? And I, Yeah, I feel like um, at that point, Second City didn't really have a minority presence. Right. And so. What neighborhood are you from? Uh, I was from, I grew up in the neighborhood called Woodlawn, which Woodlawn. was just south of the University of Chicago. Right. My mom grew up there. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And Very different people, very yeah. different times. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so I, it just wasn't on my radar. Even when I went to Columbia College and my first improv class was, uh, my teachers were Tim Kazarinski and Lance Kinsey. <laughs> and uh, I knew them from the Police Academy movies. Right, right. And, but they were right. like, Second City, Second City. I'm like, I don't know what that is, whatever. <laughs> you know, who cares? <laughs> Cut two years later, you know, after being married and having uh, kids and getting laid off from my job and just, I'm going to pursue my What was that job? I was a, a makeup artist uh -huh. for, um, uh, for a uh, Shiseido Cosmetics. Right. So yeah. at, at Mace Marshall Fields at the time. But, uh, you were at Marshall Fields? Yeah. Downtown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to sidetrack. What was that? Uh, How was that? I, I was a makeup artist from in my college age until... I'm just wondering about Marshall Fields. Oh, my, oh just Mar why? Because I love Marshall Fields. It was great. We got 20% off on everything. I'm not even thinking about that, but that's good too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking more along the lines of like, being downtown at oh, that yeah. store. I mean... In, in New York, it's Macy's. In yeah. Chicago, it was Marshall Fields. Well, from college age on, I started at these stores. Goldblatt's. Which one? On the south side? No. All downtown State Street. Oh, on State Street. Goldblatt's yeah. on State Street. Yeah, Goldblatt's, mm -hmm. which is, of course, closed. Right. Uh, no, not Goldblatt's. Am I losing my mind? I'm losing my mind. Montgomery Wards. Right. Okay. I think Goldblatt's was in there. Goldblatt's, Montgomery Wards, Carson Perry Scott. And company. And company. And then finally, Marshall Fields. Uh-huh. So. Did you have an EJ Corvettes? Do you remember that? No. You never heard that? Uh-uh, never heard remember of that. Remember Zare? Of course I remember Zare. There was one on 75th and Stony Island Avenue on the south side of Chicago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and all those places were huge stores. Yeah, yep. Venture was Venture. another one. Yep, I think that Zare closed and Venture took over. I think so, Yeah. right? Yeah. Zare. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's one of the things where it's like, that was definitely owned by some Jew guy. <laughs> Why? Is Zare because Jewish? Because Zare sounds like a is Jewish it name. Hebrew well, for yeah. something? Well, it sounds like Zare. Like, you know Sid Zare? Oh. It's like one of those names. Like, okay. Sidney Zare. You can imagine Debbie Zare. The Zares. Okay. It's like, no, they can't possibly be. No, it's the Zares. <laughs> and then there was the store EJ Corvettes, which is EJ Corvettes. And it's like, oh, there must have been some guy named Corvettes. Mm -hmm. But EJ Corvettes actually stood for eight Jewish Korean veterans. Oh. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Never right? heard of that place. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so you're at Marshall Fields. Yeah. Working the Shiseido counter. Uh-huh. And you got laid off. I got laid off. And, uh, I, you know, I'd always wanted to uh, be an actress. Mm -hmm. And I got sidetracked with job and marriage and, and kids. It wasn't sidetracked. Oh, well. It was something that you had to, that you wanted to do. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a focus of mine. No, but know. it was. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't sidetrack. Sidetrack in, in, in implies for me okay. that someone like there's a shiny object. Someone's like, hey, fuck what you're doing oh, right now. Oh yeah, yeah. But I that, get what you're saying. No, yeah. I took a well, I'll say detour. I mean, but, it but it's a really purposeful a, detour. But it wasn't. But then it wasn't a detour. Okay. Then it was something that you had to do. All right. Well, it's something I did. Yeah, right? Okay, right. Right. So because if you go detour, it's like, uh, it took me off the path. Yeah. It wasn't off the path. That was the path. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're right. That was the path. Right. I wouldn't change the path. No, I could you go fucking back. wouldn't. So I um, got laid off and I was like, well, I'm going to take this six months of unemployment and get some headshots, get back out there, start auditioning. Right. And uh, did the League of Chicago Theaters audition, and that's where Frances Collier saw me. I forgot like, about those auditions. Yeah. She said, you're funny. You should come take classes. And I was like, I'm unemployed. I don't have the money for that. And she was like, we have an intern program. We have an outreach program. And so I, that's what I started. And then I saw you in my first show ever at Second City and um, talking about the Balkans. There was at the... Uh, yeah. That, yeah, Take Me Out to the Balkans. Take Me Out to the Balkans. But yeah. the song was talking, talking about... Okay. Talking. Talking about, about the Balkans. Balkans. Yeah, yeah. And um, Colbert and Danello wrote that. Okay. And it, was just, it was a wonderful it song. It was great. It was great. And that was the first show I ever saw there. And I'm, you know, I'm taking classes. I'm going, I'm like having fun. But once I saw you guys in that show, I was like, I want to do that. Right. Because you all were, uh, I still... To this say to this day say the most talented cast because you all were are very strong actors um, very strong singers uh, just everybody had a spark it it was thank you it thank you very much it was uh, it was it was a great cast mm -hmm. it was a great cast and say you know that says a lot about the casting process at Second City. Yeah. And at that time, it was Joyce and Joyce Sloan and all these other people mm. who knew how to put a group together. Yeah. And it was also the directors that knew how to work with the people yeah. that put together there. Well, yeah, you guys got me hooked because I was like, after I saw the show, I, I was like, I want to do this. Uh huh. And so I just continued with my training. Right. Yeah. And then you, you, we were having fun. Mm -hmm. It was really, really fun. Mm -hmm. And everybody up there wanted to be up there, and there was nothing else that we wanted to do other than mm -hmm. to be up there mm -hmm. uh, on the main stage, on the stage, up there. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. You say, we make it up there. Um, and, and whatever, and this is the great thing, and it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. Do you have an idea? Bring it in. Do you want to do something? Bring it in. Mm -hmm. What's your voice? And that scene, that was a song, and it was about the Balkans, and it was very uh, Marx Brothers. Mm hmm and they were, you know, they were wearing uh, choir robes, and they had the the hats yeah. on, you know, the the mitres, and uh, or whatever those called. 
you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, graduation. Yeah. Um, and the dancing around the box step and mm -hmm. swinging and running and dancing and kicking. And I remember Danello kicking his feet back sort of in a groucho way. Yeah. And, uh, and what those guys did and what, what Colbert always did, and he, Colbert and Jackie Hoffman, they, they always made me think, these fuckers do what it, they have an idea. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It, they have an idea. They're going to do that idea and see how the fuck it works. Mm -hmm. They're not going to, and it's what you were doing, and I think it's what so many people who do start there do, which is, what is a second city scene and I'm gonna do a second city scene? Right. As opposed right. to, what is it that I fucking have to say right. and I'm gonna say it? Yes. And that's the mentor thing where you go, your path might be the journey that somebody mm -hmm. else's journey's mm -hmm. on. Or more likely it's going to be what it is that you want it to be. Right, and that's the thing. It did take me a while to say, stop doing what you think they want right. and do what you want. Right. And when you create your own voice is when uh, they notice you more. Do you, but did, you don't do that for them to notice you. No. That just is a result of you having your own voice and, and creating material from your own voice. And you're putting you, you're putting you first. Yes, and you're putting you first, yep. And when you put you first, I mean, fucking how great is that? Mm-hmm. I had therapy today, and one of the things that we talked about, it was such an interesting therapy session because it's, it's not, I'm going through this thing, it's more along the lines of, so, um, <laughs> so today was, so, um, I said, to, his name is David, I said, um, so how does a corporation work? If I'm going to incorporate myself, what do I do? Uh -huh. We talked about that. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, we talked about what it requires, and it's more along the lines of I pay him thirty-two fifty, which is an unbelievable Unbe price. Let me hook me up. No, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> I paid thirty-two fifty uh -huh. uh, to come in and to say, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying this relationship I have with my girlfriend. My apartment's really cool. I like my car. I got nothing to bitch about. Uh -huh. But it's one of those things where you realize, I realize, I am. Ultimately, I only have to answer to me. Mm -hmm. And I am my own boss. Which is fabulous. It really is fabulous. I am my own boss, but I'm also, I'm sorry, I am my own boss and I'm also my employee. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you can be the best boss and you can have the best employee. Mm -hmm. And you just give yourself slack yeah. and realize that this product that we have is who it is that we are. Mm -hmm. And the greatest thing is to realize I am different than anybody and I got, there was a job, when I was born, there was a job that opened. It was called Dave Rosowski. Yes. And okay. I got that job. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I also was lucky and you're going through the same thing where somebody went, I like who you are. I like the way you're thinking. Come here. Mm -hmm. And then you have somebody like um, Martin DeMott who you know, says, I, who taught us this. That second city is about being the midwife to your voice. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. And that man taught me something. Did you have him as a teacher? I did. For, yeah, short time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. Um, that's a, and you're right, second city is the midwife. It helps you birth your... Your voice. Your voice, right. It doesn't matter what their voice, and so what happened to you was you were using their voice until you realized, oh, I'm giving birth, oh, I have my own voice that mm -hmm. needs to be birthed. Mm -hmm. Right. And as a mother, you have how many children? Two. And how old are they? 27 and 23. Fuck. 
Um, <laughs> uh, I was talking to Pete Holney, and he was saying the moment that one of, that his son came out, mm -hmm. uh, that his son, not son came out, but his son came out. <laughs> the moment that his son came out, the moment that he saw that child, he goes, "I know what that personality is. I know what that kid's voice is." Really? And, yeah. He knew what that personality was. Mm -hmm. He knew, like the, the way he was holding that child, and the way that 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 you know that, that he cried and all that. And what did he need and all that? Like we have, we are born with a voice. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the people that we want to have around us are those people that go, "What do you have to say? What the fuck do you have to say?" Yeah. Right. What, the, what time we are born with a voice, but we don't always know what that is. Right until we get older or become more confident. And we also have people around us, again, going back to that, people around us who say, pardon me, what'd you say? Right, exactly. <laughs> the Francis Colliers of the world mm -hmm. who go, oh, what, what, what did you say? Mm -hmm. And how great that is that somebody looked at you and said, you're funny. Did you know that? No, I, I, no, I don't think I did. Most people, I grew up and people thought I was very shy and I'm still shy to this, to this day, but when you get to know me, I'm outrageous. But um, I think I didn't really know it. I was doing a comedic piece, a Neil Simon piece. And, as an audition piece? As an audition piece. Mm -hmm. And um, so- From I, what, from what? I can't even tell you right now. I mm -hmm. don't remember. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but I, I don't, and then when I started taking classes and people started laughing, I'm like, okay, this, you know, they're laughing and sometimes I'll do stuff and I don't know, people will laugh and I'm still not sure. I was like, what did I do? What did I, sometimes, you know, but yeah. I love those times. Yeah. I look at that scene, that bagpipe scene that we yeah. did. And yeah, I that's think, still, of course, being on ships. <laughs> I know, I know. And I look at that and I go, I have no idea why the fuck this is funny. Yeah. I really don't know, because it, it, it. But again, you go it, and then and then you think it's not about how how come it's funny. Yeah. No, it's it's just it just is. Right. And it's probably funny to different people for different reasons. It, but it's funny. But that's the whole thing too. Right. I'm not going to tell you why it's funny. Right. Because if I have to tell you why it's funny, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Or it's not funny. How many shows did you do there? Three. You did three main stage shows. Yes, three main stage shows. I understudied the ETC once they started hiring um, African American women. I understudied all. Those what was that like? You that, know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. how do you how do you feel about that? How do you what, uh, that they went to Detroit to bring women? Well, that, but uh -huh. also the idea of now looking at that because when I went to Second City, uh -huh. there was Aaron Freeman. Yeah. Uh, African American sounds uh, like a Jewish guy. Mm -hmm. which he, he is. is. He is. Yes. <laughs> uh, there was Aaron Freeman. There was Judith Scott. Yes. There was. Which I didn't get to see her at all. No, she yeah. was gone. Yeah. Uh, there was Greg Holloman. Yeah, I, I got to know him after. Right. Yeah. Am I missing anybody? Uh, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. So how do you go to a show at Second City and see? people up there but not see you up there well um you know to be, being honest it's like wow you know I that I would have loved that opportunity but the opportunity to understudy for them and to was 
again an opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. So I'm just talking about it as an African American woman yeah. sitting and watching a show. I, it's great. But sitting and watching a show where you didn't see anybody up there. Oh, well, where well, you didn't have the meaning models. when I saw your show. Exactly. Or, or right, right. When you saw the show, was there ever like oh, that's a well, white you, person thing to do? No. Well, that may no, not that. That not that that's a white person thing to do. I think when I first got to Second City, and it was so, I was a part of the outreach program, so I was surrounded by minorities. Right. But there are no minorities on stage. You're you, you're not. I think it was just like enjoying the material, enjoying the actors for what it is. Uh huh. Uh, and in the back of your mind saying, I want to do that. And not really saying, I'm a black woman and I need to be on stage. Got it. It's like, I want to do that. Got it. Uh, oh, that's then, great. But when you when they started hiring and like with uh, Naima Funk and Keegan Michael Key and right. Angela Shelton and David Pompey, right? I mean, I understudied all those shows, right? And I was like, okay, now now I'm relating more to what's happening here. I'm relating to this scene here. I'm relating to this scene here. That's so interesting. You know? So I, think, I still enjoy. Yeah. You know, no matter who's on stage, as long as it's great material, whatever, I'm enjoying it. But when they started bringing in. Um, Minorities, it's like okay, yeah, I get it. I'm, I can get with that. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I can get with that. I can, cause, cause they're, they're speaking, for us. Mm -hmm. They're speaking for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause yeah, some of the scenes they would do is like okay, yeah, I've been through that, or you know what I mean. Well, I it's, can it's it's that I've been through that on a a, a woman level. I've yeah. been through that on a student level. I've been through that on a mom level. Mm -hmm. I've been through that on a, right. an African American person's level. I've been through that as an whatever it would be. Right. It, the thing is, when when I finally got the opportunity to be an ensemble member for the main stage, um, I wrote from my experience. Right. And so I always my thought is, the audience that goes to see a Second City person is not all 21-year-olds. No. Uh, fresh out of college or in college or whatever. It's the audience members run the gamut, you know, from age to uh, race to whatever. So <laughs> I want to create material that people can relate to. Right. So I feel like, hey, I, I'm a middle-aged woman with two kids. I went through a divorce at the time. Uh, so, you know, creating material that people come and say, oh, yeah, I have two kids and we did this or I have kids or I'm divorced or I'm this. And that's funny. And that's a different take on, uh, you know, relationships. So I feel like it was I create from my experience and what I've gone through. Oh, that's so awesome. And, and it's so freeing and it's so creative and it's so inspiring. Yeah. And it's and and. And it's such a great reminder to go, uh, you are here to share your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, one of my favorite scenes is called Lingo. And it was based on, um, uh, it's a, a scene where these two African-American office workers, you know, they work in one, one side of the office and the, the uh, rest of the uh, office is white and they work on the other side. So. The, the office they're talking the white office is talking normal but when they need something from the black office they come over and they all of a sudden start speaking uh, Ebonics <laughs> and so 
it, it, it was such a fun scene to do, uh, but it's based on reality. It's based on going across the street to Corcoran. Right, the bar across the street. Bar across the street, which was last act at the time. Right. And All right. Uh, sitting down, and this uh, white lawyer sits down with us, and now he's he works for the DA's office or whatever, and I said, oh, I have a friend that uh, works there, and he says, what's her name? And I tell him, he's like, oh, she's right next, you know, her desk is right next to mine or whatever, and all of a sudden he gave me the dap, the fist dap. I don't even do that, so I don't even know. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> and then he started, like, he, I guess he felt so familiar. He started using, like, just pe speaking like, yeah, what's up, you know, and all this. And I'm like, wow, this is so crazy that I want to do something about this. I want to write something about right. this. So we brought it, I brought the idea in. And Mick Napier, who was the director uh, for the show, Red Scare, and we sat down as a group and we talked about it for about an hour before we started working on it. Mm -hmm. and, and was it one of those scenes that you knew right away that it was going to work? Um, I think so. I felt like, I, I think so. The, the idea was how to, not to teach the audience, but to get the point across. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know. Uh, but when you have such a simple idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, for me, as you're, t as you're unfolding it, I don't know that I ever saw that show. Mm -hmm. I might have, but it just seemed like such a simple idea. It's a simple idea, but then my character uh, breaks. Me right. and, and the other character. Well, we, someone, we can't, some character has to break. Right, right. right. We, can't, we can't handle this anymore because no. we're going along with it. Right. You know, because it's like, hey, we want, you want to keep your job. They're coming over, blah, blah, blah. We go along with it. But then we break. And, I, you know, we have these little mini monologues of, mm -hmm. you know, hey, I, you know, don't stereotype me. Right. And your truth. Yeah, my truth. Right. Right. And that's the thing about Second City, teaching you how to express your truth, too. Mm -hmm. And the need for you to express your truth mm -hmm. that I've taken with me yep. fucking everywhere. Yes, exactly. And I watch people not express their truth, and I'm going, you're, you're lying, and what's happening is, you're not lying, you're just not expressing your truth. Mm -hmm. uh, and watching somebody struggle, mm -hmm. and I'm going, you're on the verge, you're on the verge, just mm -hmm. open it the fuck up, and from that moment forward, yeah. you are going to be so free in terms of what you're creating and your inspiration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's those breaks. Yes. Those times where you're saying, listen. Yes. This is all funny, but listen. Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the scene, there was a scene where, it was a Christmas scene with Fran Adams and Steve Carell. Of course I do. The one with the, with uh, the um, um, I bought you yeah. a jersey. Uh, she yeah. bought him a jersey from uh, tickets Michael Jordan. to the game. Tickets to the game. Yeah. A basketball signed by yeah. the Bulls. A ten-speed bike, yeah. which is like such a brandy <laughs> thing to say, coming from Wisconsin. And uh, then he bought her a humidifier. Yes, which he got because he opened a checking account or something. I think he got it at Walgreens. So, well, yeah, something like that. He almost it was almost free or something. Exactly. <laughs> it was on sale and it's got three speeds so that yeah. you can do. And it's like you you just bought this today yeah, yeah on the way over yeah. and there's nothing like right. that moment where you go oh okay that moment of truth yeah. yeah because we're watching him struggle yes and when you watch an actor struggle and then you watch them pop their honesty out mm -hmm. that's the fucking thing that we all go I love it so much I can't take it yeah yeah I can't take it yeah. we can't I, we, uh, we can't 
I can't get rid of, nor do I want to, my appreciation for the time that I spent there yeah. at the Second City. Me either. Me either. And um, when I was working on the main stage, we would often have alumni come back and do the set, the improv set with us, and they would always say this was the best job they've ever had. Right. And that no matter wh what you go on to do, to make more, you'll make more money, you'll be more of a bigger star, a bigger celebrity or whatever, you won't have the freedom to create and use your voice as you did when you were at Second City. Right, right. And it's all that and it's the journey of moving through the, the, the corporation, the ranks, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. um, because I do remember a particular actor in the, my first gig in touring, mm -hmm. I remember watching her and thinking, you're toast. You are toast. You are done. Everything's bothering you. Mm. And what the fuck are you doing here? And I then I heard her later say, I, you know, I was passed over for you know a resident company. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, that's what it is. Your expectations are fucking you over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can't enjoy it. You can't enjoy it being in the moment. No. Yeah. You can't enjoy being in the moment, because this moment for you is just a reminder every fucking second. Right. That you're A here and B you're not somewhere else. That, yeah. But the moment has no room in itself for anything other than now. Yeah. I enjoyed touring for three years. I mean, I met so many people that, that are still my great friends. And so I feel like I really enjoyed every moment. Mm hmm. Yeah. I did get to the point where I was like, hey, you keep passing me over. But then, like I said, I let it go. Right. Yeah. You let it go. Yeah. And, and uh, the thing about being passed over is part of the journey, too. Mm -hmm. Like, how are. I'm just going to. Yeah. It just. I felt like, of course, it hurt in that moment, but it only made me stronger. It only made me a stronger. Um, it may, only made me want to create my own stuff and do my own work and become a stronger performer, stronger actress, uh, improviser. And it just, um, it fueled me. Right. So just like now, I mean, it's, I'm in L.A. I've been here s almost um, maybe 15, 16 months. And it's a bit of a struggle. And I knew it was going to be a bit of a struggle, um, but it also, that struggle is fueling me. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, I should go back home. Mm -hmm. What's that like to have a home, to be able to, uh, it, there's something about packing up your shit and not having a home. Yeah. There's something about packing up half your shit and coming out here and knowing yeah. you have a place there right. that is, that keeps tugging at you in a way it you know more than it tugs at me financially I'll tell you that but um, I just my parents never owned a home um, when I was a certain when I got a certain what age, building what kind of building did you live in growing up oh we lived in a, a multi-unit building um, a bigger a big bigger building, building. Uh -huh. yeah but okay. then we moved to a high-rise um, and at a certain point when I had my my daughter, my oldest child, um, in order for my parents to help with me and my husband, we moved 
from our apartment to their high-rise building. And we there were apartments right across the uh, hall from each other. And I said, why are we paying these people money? And so I saved money and I researched and um, we bought a three-flat. Uh, three I, Me and my husband bought a three-flat and we moved my sister on the third floor. We were on the second floor and my mother and father were on the first floor. Ugh. So that, we lived like that for- Where was that? That was also on the southeast side near Stony Island. What was the street? Like 79th, uh, uh -huh. but it was Cornell. Go right, okay. Uh -huh. uh, and the neighborhood was okay. It wasn't, it seemed like it was going down, but we, we lived there. Um, was your husband a cop? Yeah, he still is. He's well, a he's, cop. Yeah. Um, so we lived there for about 12 years, I had my son there, and then my mother passed away. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't wanna live there anymore. Mm -hmm. I just didn't wanna live there anymore. So my father said he wanted to, he would live with us, so we bought a house. We mm -hmm. sold that property. Still on the south side. Still on the south side. Uh -huh. And my sister had moved into this lovely area, and so we bought a house in the area where she lives. And I'm like, I want, it, I want this for my kids, you know, and I want to be able to come back home, and it is, it's home. Right. Got it. Got it, got it, got this, it, got This it. is, maybe this will feel like home one day. It's, it, but it, it's that, when I think about all the people that I know, you, there's a word that came in, and I don't know that it's, a, it's, it's true. There's a sacrifice that you're making, yes. but it's not really a sacrifice, because it's also something that you're doing because you have to do it. Yes. And if you, and if once, if, if you're weighing out this unfolding, unfolding, evolving of Claudia, mm -hmm. and you're weighing it with sacrifice, yes. you have to be careful with that. Right. Because if sacrifice starts weighing more, you lose who it is that you are. Mm -hmm. Well, I, a friend of mine just the other day said she feels like I'm sacrificing a lot to be here. Do you feel that way? No, I don't feel like it's sacrifice. I feel like I, I, feel like I need to be here. Mm -hmm. And I want to be here. Mm -hmm. um, there's a struggle involved with dual being a you know having a home in Chicago and a home in a, in, in trying to live here. Mm -hmm. uh, there is that struggle, but I don't feel like it's a sacrifice. I feel like my 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 children are adults, right? And I need them to grow up and be adults, right? And hey, I'm making it easy for you. You've got a place, <laughs> just you know. Uh, contribute right and and stay as long as you want you know uh, my bedroom when I come home for Christmas I got a bedroom you know <laughs> so I'm like I think it's also that no one there's no there's no one very few people do what you're doing no, so right. no one can look at it and say, well, what Claudia's doing is, do you, do you remember Barry and Karen? <laughs> they did that. Because yeah. like, there is no Barry and Karen. Yeah. There's you doing that. So yeah. we're looking at your life and we're saying, oh, I don't know about that because there's no standard. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. But the but thing is, I don't know that anybody knows what it is they're doing, particularly those of us who have chosen the path of the solitary path of the independent artist. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a major thing that I think about a lot, like hitting the road and being in, I'm going to New Zealand in two weeks mm -hmm. and I don't know what the fuck that's going to be like. I don't even remember the people who are bringing me there. <laughs> and just so you get off the plane and you go, okay, I am here by myself mm -hmm. with my mind 
that is my manufacturing company, if you will. Right. The product that I have is me, mm -hmm. and that product that is me, I need to have that confidence. I get to have that confidence. Yes. And it's an existential experience. Mm -hmm. But everything that we're doing is an existential experience. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, we come home to us. Yes. Wherever us is, whether it's in Chicago or here, mm -hmm. in you know Perth, Australia, or Canberra, whatever the fuck it's gonna be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all those journeys, the detours, if you will, yes. that take us to those places that that aren't detours at all. Mm -hmm. They're really um, filling stations, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and fueling stations. Fueling stations, yeah. And Fill very often up. we'll go, what am I doing in this truck stop? And you go, well, I'll figure it out I'll when I'm yeah. back on the road. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that's, I gotta, you know, I'll figure it out. Right. And, you, and, and you're a big figure it outer. I mean, since I've known you, you've, you've come and gone and there's been connections and it's been, you know, like I, you, I've never been to your house. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I've ever met your, your family. No, I don't think you have. I don't think I have. But I do know, I look at you and I feel like that's a strong motherfucker. That's a really strong person. And that strong person, she's taking chances. Because ever since I've known you, the stories that I've heard, it's about you're doing this, you're making, you're making this choice, you're, again, an older person mm -hmm. who has a lot more architecture to schlep around mm -hmm. than other people do. Mm -hmm. And you're doing, I'm fucking schlep, this is, this is my shit. Mm -hmm. I'm taking it with me. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I just, I don't know, I feel like I have um, a lot of architecture that can add to a beautiful city or building or... You Your know. life! Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then you bring it up on stage in, in, in the form of this character, that choice, this line, this, this intention, and all that shit. I wouldn't give up, for me, I wouldn't give up any of the fuck-ups that I've had. Yeah, right. I wouldn't give up one day of my marriage that ended after 14 years. I fucking wouldn't give up a day of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it adds to you. It adds to you. Yeah. And also thinking back when, like I was thinking, oh, is there a day that I would give up? And I'm like, no, because if I'm in the middle of, the, I, I look back on an argument that my wife and, ha mm -hmm. and I had in the kitchen. Mm. And I think about, at that moment, the passion that we had towards each other was about, let's fucking make this work. And to live in that moment of, we're arguing, and I don't know what the fuck is gonna happen, mm -hmm. but I know that I want this fucking thing to work. Mm -hmm. And for me to go, oh, I'll give up that day. Like, yeah. How do you do that? Right. Can't. No. You can't, so don't even think about <laughs> it. <laughs> but I think a lot of people go, oh, yeah, boy, I don't know. The struggle that I had. Uh, Irene White, again, who was here yesterday. Irene left L.A., moved to uh, m moved to Austin for four years because okay. she thought, oh, I'll work here. Mm -hmm. And then she went, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be at all. Mm -hmm. This is not what I thought it was going to be. And then she moved back. Mm -hmm. So was that a detour? I don't think it was a detour. Mm, okay, no. It was, well, because she, she made that choice, too. She made that choice, and then yeah. she looked at those things, and that made her a stronger person. And then she came back here with the sense of, oh, this is chill. Yeah. 
this is where it is that I am, this is what it is that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also the people that you're working with here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have so, another thing that makes it, I mean, it is a struggle, but there's so many people out here that I know now that I've worked with in Chicago, I've got to know really well, I've got some great friends, and they moved out here. Right, everybody's out here, Claudia. Yeah, I know, That's the, it seems like just everybody's out here, and if they're not out here, they're coming out here. Right, you know? and, and so when people say, where should I go, LA, Chicago, or New York, to you know, people in these small little towns, I, I wanna go, okay, Chicago has, which Chicago has, you wanna fail, fail in Chicago. That's a place to fail. Mm-hmm. Also know that you want to learn your chops, that's where you do that's it, where in Chicago. Go. Right. That's where you're going to go. But ultimately, the best teachers are in L.A. Mm-hmm. Because we all fucking moved out here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. And people that we've mentioned today, you know, certainly Frances moved out here. And mm-hmm. Long thank time. God that, yeah, yeah, thank God she moved out here. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, Tom... Green, her her husband, mm-hmm. like what a fucking nice guy. Yeah. And then the, the community. Yeah, I mean the out of the cast that I worked with, on, I say my first show at Second City, um, Brian Gallivan. Wow, right? Yeah, Mayor Beth Monroe. Right. Uh, Jean Villapique. Uh, I think uh, Antoine McKay. He's still in. Uh, Chicago. And he's but he's, he's working. He's fucking working. Yeah, and um, Brian Bolin is still in Chicago, but right. he's it's always working. Yep. You know, and uh, he's one of those Chicago guys that yeah. he pops him in movies and TV yeah, shows. Yeah, you're like, whoa, Brian. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and then before uh, Dan Bacadal was in the group before we wrote the next show because I did Doors Open on the Right. I uh, understudied that for. Seven months. A uh, second, second city main stage. Yeah, 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 main stage show, and um, so Dan Bacadal was there. Right. So I mean, like, there's so many people out here, and it's those so people are doing really well. They're doing really well. Yeah. They're doing really well. Yeah. I love that Antoine McKay. He and I did a scene at Detroit where it was a homeschooling scene. It was a one-person scene, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I think he did that for his last night. Oh my but god. But I could be mistaken. It was so physical. It was really, really physical, and it was one of those scenes where you go, and, and for me, I was thinking, well, who else is in that scene? And I think it was just it was him, uh-huh. or maybe it was him and, maybe it was uh, Warzeka, but it doesn't matter. Okay. I think of the other people that were in that mm-hmm. scene, and it's the same thing that happened with uh, the, the back, the, the uh, Naima and Keegan scene. Oh, I love that scene. Where you go, oh yeah, Naima and Keegan were in that scene. Who are the other two people in that scene? They, and it was, wait, it was they Naima, were. It was they were. The por- porches. Porches. I had, yeah, Porches. I got to do that scene. Oh my God. Oh great. my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're, this, the podcast tends to so often go into inside baseball. And if <laughs> anybody's still listening, it, ah. it, you know, it's like we're talking about people that, but it's that, that feeling of, uh, of how fucking inspiring it is over there. And, and here's another thing. It's not just inspiring over there. It's inspiring wherever two or more are gathered and accepting people and trusting each other and, mm-hmm. and caring for each other and inspiring each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's stop there. Okay. That was good. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. The struggle is fueling me. Yep, that's how we grow. Thank you, Claudia Wallace, for that. 
ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski also thanks Laura Parker, my co-producer, my dear friend, musician extraordinaire Al Rose for our theme song, I Feel Like a Million Dollars from Al's album, Sad Go Lucky, and we thank you, our listeners. If you liked our show, give us a positive note on iTunes, won't you? If you're interested in having me, well, at your improv school, your theater, your corporate event, your ship christening, please drop me a line at dave at addcomedy.com. Thanks, and we'll hear you in our ears. <laughs>